I'm Don. Over there is Tim. This is The Unfunnies. It's a podcast about the Sunday funnies, which is a thing that people read sometimes, but Apparently. not very often. Yeah, they're not too popular, though you said last night um, you were at a show where a guy told a joke. Uh, a, a woman, actually. Yeah, I was at a concert, and uh, a woman who plays under the name Fiverr <laughs> actually... <laughs> Caught up on stage and like in between songs was doing a Sunday funnies gag. Now explain it to me. Okay, so she's finished a song and she goes, "All right, this is the time of the night when I would tell a joke." Mm-hmm. Uh, now this is a single panel gag, and so like she's when you're setting up a joke on stage, you expect yeah, it to be like a, a, a knock knock or just like a standard, you know, like three men walk into a bar or something. Yeah. But no, she sets it up as a, this is a panel gag in a newspaper. So she basically does what we do. She describes a comic to the audience. Yeah, on stage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so the comic was, uh, it's a single panel, circular design. Okay, like family circus. Yeah. yeah. Windshield wipers. Mm-hmm. So it looks like you're, as the reader, looking through windshield wipers that are going back and forth. Okay. And uh, as you're driving down the road, you see on the hill, there's a bunch of crosses in the ground. And then next to the crosses, and this is how she described it, there are some uh, half circles, like uh, semicircles. But then at the end of the semicircle, it sort of extends like a rectangle. Like, it's a tombstone. It's a tombstone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She she had to describe what a tombstone looked like without actually saying the tombstone. She couldn't remember the the word for it. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, there's crosses and tombstones on the hill. And then there's a sign that says, uh, if you were dead, you'd be home by now. So why the windshield wipers? The gag is... There used to be, you know, no, and I, maybe there still are the developments that said, you know. No, I understand. If you lived, if you lived here, you'd be home yeah. by now. And then when you're driving past it. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. But why do we have to have a first person view from inside the car? Why couldn't it just, why couldn't she have said, there's a car driving past a cemetery with a sign that says, if you lived here, you'd be home by now. I don't know. Go on artsy with it. That's, I it's think a I POV, just... POV comic. Not enough POV Ooh, comics. Why? I'm saying it doesn't have to be. And from doing so, she made it more confusing by then trying to describe, like, you know, like a tombstone is like a half circle. And yeah. Uh... <laughs> Describing the half circle was hilarious. It's completely I don't know. unnecessary. Was, was her music any good? Um, it was pretty good. You know, she's one of the rare performers that actually like takes the time to interact with the crowd. That's and, always like, fun. Put on an actual show. Yeah. Uh, so she was great. She's better than the headliner. So some stage that, presence. Yeah, yeah, and had some skill as a singer and whatnot as well. Uh, mostly, it was just fun. There was a great exchange at one point where she uh, yells down to two people at the front of the stage, uh, "Can you please get the hell out of here?" Why? Because <laughs> they were talking, right? Oh. <laughs> and they're like, "We're talking about the music, about the lyrics." And she's like, how about listening to the words? When were they talking? Like what? I don't know, like during the set, right? Was it disruptive, though? Like, could you hear it over the music? Obviously to her. I don't know. I'm... I'm I'm all for anything. That seems seems like it's kind of funny, but it seems like unnecessary shaming. Well, sure. Yeah. But, you know. But also, at the beginning of the show, she said, uh, I understand there's a policy here of talkers at the back or out the door. So, hmm. I don't know. Is it, where was, was that? Not that the audience at a gig has any job to do, but... No. But you said that was a... It was a lucky... A lucky, okay. A, a local... Uh, 
Hipster thinking, bar, I guess you would say. Eh, I was thinking Logan's, and I'm like, I've been there and talking before, and yeah. nobody's called me out on <laughs> yeah. it. I think I've done the same at Lucky's. I think the last the last time this this should give There's you the odd performer that cares and most don't. This should give you an most idea. Care, really care of the last time I was at Lucky's. Last time I went to Lucky's, I saw Quick said the bird play. I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, band. exactly, exactly. They they were like a a tech metal band that broke up in like 2010. I want to say. And this was obviously before they broke up, so it's been a while since I've gone to Lucky's. All right, so we're we're getting inside on techno metal bands that played local yeah, bars. Yeah, they were in they Victoria. were pretty good. I I actually talked to the guys from the band, and they were real friendly, and they had a good good stage banter and interaction with the audience, like just friendly guys. So rare. Most people just kind of get up, play their set, and leave, and it's yeah. And then you get the ones who are all boring. like sort of posturing and bravado you know trying to do not exactly a tough guy but like um i don't mind somebody trying to imitate somebody else of who they're imitating is cool yeah i don't know i i just i much prefer somebody with an open presence than somebody who gets up there and just acts standoffish like you, you know like um just like asshole rock star bullshit like talking down to the audience and that type of stuff i've got i've got no tolerance for it I don't. I don't mind a bit of that every once in a while, really? just because it's fun to watch people react to it. Eh, I don't know. I think it, I you don't catch know. Rock more. Rock stars fl- are supposed to be jerks. Yeah, but of. you catch more flies with honey. I guess. And that I think that translates to fans. Like if you were if you were at a show, let's there say you are, went... there are bands like The Fear, okay, like who were antagonistic on purpose yeah because they didn't like a lot of their fans because <laughs> at that time like hardcore fans were just massive tools yeah so you know they went on stage in dresses and what just, about like antagonized uh, people seth putnam anal cunt oh yeah <laughs> his his stage presence was phenomenal like first of all all his songs were calling out his fans for being losers and <laughs> like <laughs> he, he, there's this one song called uh, You Thought We Were Avant Jazz But We're Just Assholes and the song the song just the lyrics basically say like you came to our show with your tight pants and your sunglasses snapping your fingers you thought we were avant jazz we're just assholes you liked our awkward timing but we threw chairs at you we're just assholes like <laughs> Like that guy, that guy, for all his problems, he had a legendary antagonistic like, stage presence. Brought it to new heights. Yeah, he was. Uh, I, I think I think I have more of a taste for that than I do for, like, really the the really showy equivalent that you sometimes like. I remember hearing stories about the Locust playing it, it has, shows. It has to be a natural hate. Well, the Locust was great uh, in a festival setting because you'd get like a mom and her kid walking into the yeah, show. Yeah, if they don't really know what just, to expect. You know, but like the Locust, making noise on I remember hearing stories about them where they would load up, uh, and I don't know whether these are true or not, but they would load up water guns with their own urine and like spray it into the crowd and stuff. And like, why? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, yeah, that's a bit much. I only that's, ever yeah. saw them uh, once, and uh, don't remember any urine water pistols. I never saw them, and they're the band that people assume I listen to the most for some reason. 
when I was younger and whenever anyone asked me what type of music I like, I'm like, oh, you know, I listen to some post-hardcore, some grind, and they're like, oh, so you must love The Locust, right? It's like, well, no, not well, really. Well, like the band that everybody knew at the time. Exactly, yeah, and then they would act really, like, kind of dumbfounded when I would say no. Like, they would assume anybody who listened to that type of music would naturally love The Locust. It's like, well, no, they weren't really doing anything new. I like uh, Justin Pearson's other projects more, you know, Holy Molar is a lot of fun. And uh, what's the other stuff he did? Um, Swing Kids, I think, was him as well. But it's, you know, The Locust is just, like, The Locust was posturing. That's The whole band was just posturing. And style over substance comes back up. We were talking about that before. Yeah, before we got on. Yeah, speaking of which, we're on the air right now, and we haven't even mentioned the Sunday Funnies. <laughs> no, we're like 10 minutes in, <laughs> and we're talking, talking about, we're talking about fucking music. Locusts. Yeah, the Locust, dude. So, how did you feel about the Family Circus Locust crossover in Sunday's <laughs> favor? <laughs> no, but really, let's, let's start with Family Circus, because I was kind of aghast when I read this. And I don't really think he needed to be. No? It... I think it's over the line. Okay, so what's go ahead and what's happening it. is we've got we've got Dolly, Jeffy, and PJ are standing there, and Dolly says, "Do you ever wonder what PJ wants to be when he grows up?" And the dad overhears this in the background, and he has a big thought bubble, and in it, he's got all the sort of ideas of what PJ could be, um, alongside the different actions that suggest that might be the direction he goes in. So the first one is astronaut, and it's got him on a, a couch, like with his feet in the air, sort of defying gravity, I guess. Uh, marine biologist, he's playing in the toilet. Night watchman, he's up at night in his crib. Gourmet chef, he's mixing all his foods together. Um, letter carrier, he's carrying around a bunch of, um, like, building blocks with letters on them. Um, book editor, he's ripping apart a book. Rock singer, he's just crying. Um, <laughs> cartoonist, so a little self-referential here. Cartoonist has him drawing on the wall. And then this was the one that oh, bothered me. And then Jeffy did become a cartoonist. Right, but we're talking about PJ. This is PJ. Right. All right. Okay. But, and then this is the last one, and this is the one that kind of got me. It shows him, and he's taking his clothes off, and he's throwing them behind him, and he's naked. And the presumed job for that is male stripper. So what would you presume the job to be? If you're drawing the strip I, and that's the drawing, I don't know. What would be why, the job? Why, why have that? that drawing at all? I just, I, it feels very out of place with Family Circus's wholesome uh, shtick, right? I think that's like the kind of joke an average parent might make though i guess but like because all of all those professions little boys are always like throwing their clothes yeah off yeah but of all the, the professions that they list they're all respectable to varying degrees um well keep in mind bill keen was on the downslide in the 80s and uh in the 80s was the height of uh male strippers was it? <laughs> so that was like the, the pinnacle when did the, of, when did the uh, full monty come out Oh, that was uh, early '90s. So yeah, this, this, this was sort of post the height, I guess, of okay. male male stripper as a profession. It, it seems out of place to me uh, that Keen would even suggest one of his characters would become a male stripper. Would do anything sexual? Yeah, well, would do anything unwholesome. Yeah, really. No, it doesn't even have to be sexual. It's just like 
of all these professions, that's the one. If if you could even call male stripper a profession, right? Well, it is. It seems like all of these. I mean, it's an, it's a profession now in the sense that like typist is a profession, and that yeah. there aren't a lot of people doing it, and there aren't many opportunities. But like stripper, just in general, is a job that uh, if you're doing now as a woman is a fairly lucrative profession. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. Didn't didn't that strip club downtown get shut down because they were dealing drugs? The strippers were dealing drugs? <laughs> Not the strippers, the DJ was. Oh. But they were in on it, right? Like, I thought they had well, some sort of system where, like... Well, I think it would be pretty impossible like, to not know that he's doing that. I thought I thought they had some system worked out where they would, like, give a guy a lap dance, and then he would slip them the money for the DJ, and then they would, you know, pull a baggie of crack ha- out of their I, vagina um, or something. I don't think there was any intermediary, no? because my friend would just go directly to the DJ. Just go straight to the DJ? <laughs> he, what, was he, what was he selling? Cocaine, I'm, probably. He was selling cocaine, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure my buddy bought an apartment across the street from Monty's. Well, like for that purpose. I I lived above Monty's for a while, you know. Um, in that you okay? So Monty's was this divey, shitty strip club in Victoria that yeah. closed down, and the apartments above. Well, were they weren't apartments. The, they were. It was a hotel, and it was the only hotel in town that charged by the right. hour. It was the grimiest place. It was. I never gross. went in there, but um, I imagine it was disgusting. Yeah, the first. I only. I only stayed there for like three days before I found a better place. Um, but the the first time I went in there was with my girlfriend at the time, and we rented a room and we went upstairs, and um, somebody had stolen all the light bulbs to smoke crack, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there is a giant shit in the toilet. <laughs> um, and so we immediately came back downstairs and we're like, this isn't okay. Like, we need a different room. And they were like, sure. And so we got a different room. Um, also missing all the light bulbs, but no shit in the toilet. Um, but the bed wasn't made. And we were kind of like, does that mean the, the room bed? hasn't been cleaned? And so we went back and we got a third room. Um, and at that point, like, I even though that's a justifiable request i don't like asking too much no um so really to ask to switch room my rooms okay. twice i'm just like well is it even going to be any better but we did change to a third room um that had light bulbs uh it was certainly the nicest of the three and then we stayed there overnight but then at like <laughs> At like eight o'clock the next morning, there's just some guy in my room going like, "All right, you need to get up, get out of here." And I'm going like, "What the hell? Did I? Is this the rudest wake up call? Like, I didn't ask for one." And I'm dazed, right? Like, I'm hung over his balls, and it's me and this naked girl lying next to me, and we're just like covering ourselves with a blanket. Like, who are you? What's going on? He's like, "You got to get out of here." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You're not supposed to be in here." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And then he radios downstairs, and he's like, yeah, I've got uh, two kids in uh, 308, and they say that they've rented the room. And because I had switched rooms so much, they had failed to update my overnight. Oh, they hadn't overnight. Yeah, so room, yeah. I wasn't supposed to be in there, or so this guy thought. And I guess they had a huge problem with people propping the door open and just breaking into rooms to stay overnight. So every morning, they had this guy go in and check every single room, and each one that wasn't supposed to be rented for the night he would just kick people out like he was kind of like a security guard i guess um but once i explained it to him he was just like oh sorry and just left 
but you know, I'm not going to go to sleep after that. It's I was weird just that like, he just left and accepted this story, but I guess well, yeah, he radioed no, he, he, down he, and he got radioed the He radioed downstairs and got the deets sorted out, so it was no problem. But, you know, I wasn't able to fall back asleep after that. I kept thinking, like, is somebody else just going to walk into the room? Like, am I, am I safe here? Well, um, you definitely weren't. No, I wasn't. And so I only stayed there for, like, three days. Um, but the room was clean. The third one, well, it was Ish. visibly clean. I imagine if you got a black light There's in like there, no, it'd be pretty no bad. But needles or old underwear no, or anything. No, I didn't. Left. I didn't find anything of that sort. Um, liar, liar was on TV that night. We watched that. <laughs> there was actually a TV. Huh? There was a TV that worked. Yeah, and liar, liar was um, it's a classic. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sleeping above a strip club and you're looking for some entertainment. That was a, a liar, shady. Liar, that? that was a shady week. For sure. Uh, is that hotel still open? No. Yeah. No. Uh, when Monty's closed down, it either closed down just before or immediately after. Because um, I, I think that's, you know, I, I imagine a lot of their business came from horny guys going to Monty's and then being like, man, I really need to fuck. Um, yeah. I'm going to get a prostitute like over two blocks away um, by the industrial plants and then I'll come back and rent a room right there. Like, I think it was sort of, Monty's was feeding that hotel its... its oh, absolutely. Yeah. So this story is not as good as yours. I've only that was sta- a good story? <laughs> it was interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, I've only stayed in a by-the-hour hotel once. It was in New York because mm. uh, it was in Manhattan, and it was cheap. You know, mm. stay, we could stay in Manhattan for like 130 bucks or 140 bucks a night. Like, yeah, sign us up. Big room, two beds. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, a by-the-hour apartment, so it's pretty gross once you get in there. There's a, you know, discarded needle behind the bed and used pair of underwear underneath the sink Uh. and, you know, condoms and stuff. Um, But they had this option on the television where you could uh, set the TV as your alarm clock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen those before. Right. So my friend sets the TV as the alarm clock. So I wake up at, like... 10 in the morning we woke up late i woke up to the tv alarm and it's oh someone having sex (laughs) i was trying to figure out what you were doing there don's punching his hand for the sound effect i was a bit mystified for a moment yeah so the alarm clock on the tv had been sent to set to this like hardcore pornography channel what kind of so we so i woke up to that what kind of channel has porn at 10 a.m was it like a dedicated porn it channel was a dedicated oh, porn okay. channel. wow yeah now that's a which shitty was, which was which uh, was free uh, that's so, uh, just good? another perk I, I guess i don't know i mean that's that's not something you want to wake up to though like no. when you when you first wake up and you're feeling gross and like all the all the parts of being human are just like bogging down on you and you, you don't just... quite realize what it is until you turn over and yeah. look at the TV it's just a yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't like that better than a guy rushing into the room yeah that that scared me it legitimately <laughs> I'm like is is this guy gonna hurt me yeah. um, but no he was just doing his job I guess Um yeah, don't stay there. So, so long story short, uh, PJ not oh, yeah. a good career. Long story short, sure. well, again, I just I wanted to talk about it for a minute because it seems out of place in a Bill Keen strip. It does, yeah, it is a little bit out of place in the Bill Keen strip. No. Not all that wholesome, but uh, I don't know. It might have been a Jeff Keen joke. Okay, yeah. 
Jeff Keen is a little bit less wholesome. Hmm. He's he's the uh, the he, dark star. Well, he's he's the son that came onto the strip right. in the eighties, just doing, I guess, yeah. like some art and coloring. Then. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll accept it. Yeah. For now. I'm thinking maybe it's a Jeff. All right. So what what uh what comics did you have in your paper this weekend? Um. Well, we were talking about aliens last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you have sex with one of the aliens mm-hmm. from Pearls Before Swine? Would I, with the ones in Pearls Before Swine? Yes. No, because they're all fat and dumpy. They're not sexy aliens. Picky, picky, picky. Well, do you want to, and they only have one eye. That's weird. So, so an alien needs to have two eyes. If At least two. Go it has to have an even number of eyes, I'm going to say. All right, that's all I wanted to talk about. You didn't want to actually time. talk about the comic? No, okay. don't care about it. Just... Yeah, it's just one of Rat's story things where he says he was sent by aliens to, as a gift to humanity. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, do you want to hear the ending of the Tina's Groove Yes, of the clone storyline. Story. I was hoping it was just going to go on forever, and <laughs> Tina's Groove would just become this weird clone waitress. Yeah, that would be strip. sweet. Would have been great. Um, so but, that that means you've got dailies there, right? I do. Okay, are those today's? Today's. I think this might have ran yesterday as well okay. on some papers. So yeah, story's over. Tina gets cloned. Conclusion: There's five Tinas sitting on the couch, and uh, one of them saying, "I'm telling you, this cloning business ultimately proves that wishbone wishes work." Well, yeah, it, it totally does. But correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation says another Tina, as Gus looks on, uh, very disappointed and disapproving, uh, wishing he was having his toenails cleaned as he was in a previous. Are they all dressed in, like, Princess Leia slave bikinis or something? No, they're all in normal Tina wear. They've got that normal Tina look of kind of sad confusion. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, so Gus is on the phone with Tina's boss and says, "Some hot date. They're spending the whole weekend talking." Sorry, Gus. Yeah, uh, harem's out of control. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, the boss says, "I told you they'd be more productive here at work, but they weren't, as we learned in a previous trip. Right? They were those gals was when that, they get together. All they can the do is line? gab. Was that the punchline? No, the pun- oh, okay. the punchline is the moral." Cloning a good woman, probably a bad idea. Hmm. But why? I don't think that would be the moral. What the, the moral of the story is, get too many good women in a room and they just become useless? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what's, the, what, what's the meaning there? Uh, Tina's Groove is written by a woman, right? It is. So we, it's A Canadian woman. It's a stretch to assume she's being sexist. It is. Yeah. And if she is, she doesn't know it. Yeah, so, so why it's like too much of a good thing is a bad thing? Is I guess. that? Um, or I mean, I I could assume that cloning somebody and having like many clones of one person in the same room would be a bad thing just based on confusion. Or is this just cloning as a metaphor, like uh, stretching a good woman to her limits is a bad idea? Yeah. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could see that. I think that that, yeah. that might be the moral. That yeah. that might be the lesson to take away. So is it? But does that wrap it up? Like, are they just? That's gonna, the end of the story. They're line. just going to go back to regular Tina's groove, and the four clones will be gone. 
Yeah. Like, at least in the Calvin and Hobbes stories where he cloned himself, they had a conclusion where he got rid of them. Yeah, no. They addressed it. They they haven't addressed it at all. (laughs) Okay, well. Uh, which is too bad. Maybe but... maybe that's intentional though. Maybe she's she's leaving uh, an open. Oh, they'll come ending. back. Sometime? Yeah, where just a Does few weeks later there will just be a regular Tina strip, and then in the punchline in the background you'll just see this clone like rubbing his hands together, like. <laughs> or maybe you'll find out Gus has been keeping sex slaves, yeah. and he gets carried <laughs> off to jail. <laughs> the, the four clones are actually strapped to the wall in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's dark. But we have established Gus is sleazy. He is sleazy. So, He'd do it. He'd do it, yeah. Gus has no compunctions about sex slaves. Not at all. No. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that could be could be on the horizon mm. if Piccolo knows what she's doing. Which she does not. <laughs> so, mutts. This, yeah. this weekend's mutts. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not good by any means, but it pissed me off considerably less than it tends to. So, so why did it piss you off less than normal? Because it's actually got a little bit of a joke to it. Um, it shows Mutz and his owner, and his owner <laughs> is throwing a ball, and it shows Mutz running after it. I think his name's Earl or something. Whatever. Mutz is good enough. No, or Poochie or Moochie or something. And then in the second panel, the owner's waiting, and then in the third panel, he's running back. But he's got the wrong ball He's got a baseball, and there's three baseball men chasing him. <laughs> there are three baseball men? What, what would you call them? Baseball players? It's the same thing, man. <laughs> but they're chasing. So the idea being, of course, he went to catch the ball, got the wrong one, and ruined a game of baseball. Kind of like, you know, it's a cute dog behavior. It's not, it's not a strong joke, but it's at least got... Did the- you notice his owner's shirt matches the baseball? I did not. Nice artistic flourish. I noticed his owner's shirt matches Waldo. Yes, that too. <laughs> what were you and I talking about with Waldo before? Where like you? Oh well, we were discussing the infamous uh, Waldo. It was the, the, oh, the, the naked blue lady. Waldo book. Yeah, yeah, and there was the topless lady, and it got pulled from a lot of school libraries. Mm. Yeah. All right, speaking of animal comics that it can't stand, yeah. uh, Tundra, yeah. and we don't need to talk about all Fucking three Facebook panels, for dogs, but Facebook man. for Dogs. So bad. Which is a bunch of dogs standing around sniffing a hydrant. Yeah. So the equivalent of Facebook for dogs is... It's a fire hydrant? It's a fire hydrant covered in pee. Yeah. Like, I understand that dogs can get certain, I wouldn't call them messages, but like senses from another dog's urine that humans can't understand. Like, they can tell things from another animal's urine and droppings that we aren't tuned into, sure. But I don't think when a dog pees, it's going, okay, this pee is going to tell people about, like, how uh, good my, my breakfast was. My girlfriend my trip to... Yeah, like, their peas the are not that specific. No. And then you... The other thing is, it's are a we bad comparison? Are we? It's it's a terrible comparison. Are we assuming it's this one specific hydrant for all of Facebook, or every hydrant is part of Facebook? Now you're going deep. I I want to figure this out. I want to get to the root of it. I think he's suggesting any hydrant. So okay, let's they're look all, at it this way. They're all in the each each Facebook hydrant because Netflix. dogs sort of claim a space. 
Each oh. hydrant is one dog's Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. Still not good. But a little bit better. Makes a little, little more sense, yeah. I mean, the, the obvious problem, of course, is that Facebook is an entirely digital interface, and a fire hydrant <laughs> is not doesn't even have moving parts so what would be the better comparison for a dog yeah what would be the actual facebook for dogs there is there is no equivalence there's because animals do not have technology in the same way we do anything that's sufficiently technology how do animals show off p no that's not how they show off no that's how they claim territory um animals don't show off animals don't Animals don't... They don't show off to other animals, do they, really? No, animals don't have complex emotions like humans do. They don't need to keep up with the Joneses. No, they absolutely do not. They don't give a shit what the dog next door is doing unless they see it out in the lawn and, like, they want to interact with it. Yeah. They don't even remember it exists as soon as it leaves their view. God, right? decent life, isn't it? Yeah, God, I wish I was a dog. Or cow like if you could be reincarnated as anything a cow yeah if you were in india that'd be sweet because you're holy you can't get a dog has a better life than a cow does in india yes no it does not it absolutely does not cows are worshipped in india a cow can walk into a 7-eleven in india and they won't even (laughs) no i'm serious and they won't remove it because it's considered it's like they, they're not allowed so you to touch them. want to be a cow them. so that you can walk into 7-Eleven? No, I want to be a cow so no one will fuck with me. I want to be a cow because I know I'll be fed and taken care of without being interfered with. Whereas if you're a dog There's in only India, one religion that has that relationship with cows in Yeah, India. the dominant religion of India. Yeah. Yeah, meaning cows in India get a pretty sweet ride. There'd be a few cow haters out there. It's blasphemous to hate cows in India. Isn't it? I don't know. I saw the odd cow when I was in India. It didn't look like they like what, had a what life they that called? was any they called, better like, than a dog. Dharma or something? No, Dharma is something completely different. She was character on a nineties <laughs> sitcom. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm just also saying. Worshipped in India. Cows, cows get a free ride in India. Like they don't have to worry about being killed for food or milked or anything like that. Um, they're not interfered with. In their day-to-day activities, um, like they they've got a pretty sweet deal. A dog in India, on the other hand, okay, I'll give you, yeah. A stray cow has an easier deal than a stray dog. Yeah, yeah absolutely, for sure, absolutely. Considering the poverty level in India, but even a stray stray pig does okay. It also depends on where. But regardless, I think if you were to pick an animal reincarnation. You couldn't do much better than the only terrestrial animal that is worshipped, right? That's a fair assumption. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> you can't. Well, I don't. Plus I don't you can think just this walk is into any Seven Eleven you want to. Well, yeah, as a as a human being, I can do that now. Nobody will push me out but the you'd door. You'd rather be a cow than like a bird or something. Yeah, it depends what kind of bird. What about there, monkeys? No. There's that monkey temple. You could be oh, yeah. one of the There's monkeys in the monkey temple. There's also a rat temple. I would rather be the rat in the rat temple than a monkey. But some other rat might eat you. Because monkeys are just kind of like... eat each other. Yeah, I know. But monkeys are just kind of like retarded humans. Like, they're like humans that just aren't quite good enough. You know? 
It, I think it, I think it'd be very frustrating to be a monkey because you'd see all these After humans being a human. Yeah, like, oh, I could be that. Yeah, well, no, you would see all these humans doing things, and you're like, okay, I've got opposable thumbs, but I'm not smart enough to do all the things they're doing, and I can't quite walk upright all the time. And man, like, I wish I was driving that. When car. I wear clothes, people laugh at me. Like I can't quite <laughs> be as good as a human, but you're so close. You just feel like a clown. Yeah. Well, it'd be like being the the yeah, human Z. But you but you're assuming monkeys are comparison comparing themselves to other humans. Well, that's the thing. I think just I think to other monkeys. I think monkeys have the burden of being smart enough that they can think abstractly. Oh. So I believe that they would have that frustration or could have that frustration depending on the situation that another animal would just be too stupid to experience. That's why they try and rip off human faces. That's if exactly. They, they want to wear them. <laughs> they want to become the humans. Plus, I just think I just think monkeys are nasty. Like I think they're they're mean little assholes. Like they steal things, they hurt people, they kill babies. Like they're not nice. I'd never want let one into a fucking Seven Eleven. That's for sure. Yeah, no way, man. They're, and plus, yeah, that's the other thing. They're covered in parasites, and well, I guess most animals are. Yeah. Yeah. That's not really. You probably are. I I know I am. Well, no, my parasites are internal. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, here's here's a weird one that didn't entirely make sense. All right. Do you have Luann in there? No. Okay. Uh, so read Luann and uh, tell me what you think his intentions are. All right. So Luann, we've got a man. Um, Luann's father. Luann's father, and he's standing there, and there's a dog beside him that has no neck, and um, I, who I'm assuming is his wife. <laughs> the dog's not his wife. No, the, the, the his wife is sitting at the table. Yes. Yeah. She has a neck. And so he's he's using an, a, an electric can opener, and he's opening what I assume is a can of dog food, and he's looking down at the dog, and he says, Puddles is so funny. He scurries in here as soon as he hears the can opener because he associates the sound with a pleasure. Dogs are such basic creatures. And then he's walking into the, ooh, he's walking into the bathroom, <laughs> and he's got two glasses of wine, maybe it's grape juice, and his Could wife be. is in the bath, um, and he says, "I heard the bathtub running," so he wants to fuck his wife in the tub, but he's got his pajamas on underneath his robe. But yeah, he's gonna get naked, I assume. No, but if your intention was like. Oh no! You got it. You got to ease into that. Even in even here. if you're gonna do your wife, you can't just come into the room like erect cock, <laughs> flinging back and forth like I'm ready, baby. Like you gotta be, you know, you gotta get to it casually, right? But is pajamas underneath a house coat? Not... I don't know. Plus, the other thing is, I'm gonna assume Greg Evans has never actually. Well, okay, we're also assuming that they intend to have sex in the tub. Or I am, at least. Well, he's referencing pleasure in the first panel, and his wife is naked in pleasure, the second. Pleasure, well, so she, like, okay, she would be of... naked in the tub regardless. She's yeah. not going to wear a bathing suit into the tub if she doesn't intend to have sex like that. She's going to be naked if she's well, yeah. in the tub, right? Yeah. Um, and you can have pleasure sharing a bathtub with somebody not sexual, like relaxation. Yeah. Yeah. Again, why would you be wearing? He's going to pajamas. disrobe. He's going to take off his clothes. 
Like, what, I don't understand why you're hung up on that. <laughs> because if you're, why are you making it harder for yourself to disrobe by wearing layers? You might as well be in there with a snowsuit on. <laughs> no. I, I, okay, so he's getting ready for bed. He puts on his PJs. He's yeah. like, oh, I got to go, you know, take out the garbage or something. So he puts on his house coat. Then he hears the bath running and he comes in. Like, what are you... Like, I don't understand what sort of sequence of events would lead to See, him okay, so if he didn't know the bathtub was... I, now, okay, I wasn't thinking that he already had his pajamas well, on why, and now has changed course. It's okay, not like he would get undressed. Yeah, you're right. It's not like he would get undressed, change into his pajamas, then put on a house coat, and then go into the bathroom with the intention of just getting undressed again. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't assume that. I'm I'm surprised you would assume that's what he did. <laughs> well, because I wasn't... I was assuming that, like, he so, doesn't look ready for bed or even close to bed in the first panel, is what I'm saying. He doesn't right. have his pajamas already on No, this is clearly happening there. later on. Um, also, let's talk I about... I mean, I suppose you could just derive pleasure from sitting in the bathroom and having a glass of wine and talking to your wife yeah, you while ever... she's in the tub. Yeah, your wife's in the tub, you're having a glass of wine, taking a dump. It's a romantic evening. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, that's we, the other we, thing. We we're, may have been two in the gutter here. We're assuming that they're going to have sex in the tub. And if that's if that's what Greg Evans, the author is getting at, I'm going to I'm going to say he's never had sex in a bathtub because it's terrible. It's real bad. <laughs> like it's different when you're in like a hot tub, which you shouldn't do because you could die, but it's different when you're in a hot tub or something where you have seating and room. In a bathtub, like it's made for one person. It's really uncomfortable to try and fit two in there. And then to try and, like, angle yourself so you can actually do the deed is just impossible. It's The whole thing is way more effort than it's worth. Plus, you don't want that water damage, tiles, no, and all exactly. that. No, exactly. No, it's garbage. Also, let's talk about the unequal attractiveness of husband to wife here. Oh, absolutely. This is ridiculous. Like, this guy is a total poindexter. He's, he's way balder than you or me. And he's got these, like kind of these harry potter glasses he's just kind of dumpy dad shirts and like slacks and his wife is i mean she's better well she she's like uh it's weird there's definitely an archetype where she kind of looks like a combo of tina and mom from family circus yeah kind of she's got these sultry eyes big dick sucking lips like she's yes <laughs> what what what's so wrong with that not a description you normally hear you've never heard a woman with plump lips no i have heard that but not applied to a i would i would make the same this is not sexist i would make the same comparison if the husband had those lips like no just uh, took me off guard there. Well, no. When when the author inserts something potentially sexual into his comic, you begin to look at the characters in a sexual way. Yeah. 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 So that's I'm not I'm not. You're not talking out of that. school here. No. Yeah. No. Speaking of sex and romance, Dilbert, for some reason, believes he has enough options in his life that he can nitpick a potential but date. All- all the men in Dilbert do because Wally yeah. was turning somebody down the other it's day ridiculous. too. It's ridiculous. Like Dilbert is supposed to be this dumpy loser who is just so social. Not social. It's not like awkward, Dilbert's but... rich. He's 
never risen to the level no, of he's manager. No, and... he's not rich. The fact that, that women are interested in him is an anomaly to begin with. And the fact that he believes he can be so critical of, of even an offer. Like, so woman comes up to him and she says, do you want to go to a dinner and a movie with me on Friday? And he says, that plan is poorly conceived. Like, what kind of dick move is that? <laughs> if you're going to turn the girl down, just say, no, I'm sorry, I have plans. Or just say yes. Don't say, like, you're dumb. Like, he says, that plan is poorly this conceived. This is, like, pickup artist shit. Yeah, the best time to watch a movie is also the best time to eat. And what are the odds we want to see the same movie? You're a picky eater, so it would be a nightmare to decide where we both want to eat. One of us would have to compromise, and I assume it would be me. I'm offended by your offer to sub-optimize my Friday experience. And she says, do you have a better option? He says, nope, see you Friday. So in the end result, he's still saying yes. Like, he will go on the date with her. He just wants to take the opportunity to put her down, to make her feel dumb. Yeah, he's he's uh, a dick. He's negging, as they say. Are you saying nagging or negging? Like negative? Negging, like nagging? negative. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard neggy. Neggy? Yeah, like he's neggy. And posy. <laughs> posy core. Yeah, that's that's what it's. <laughs> no, yeah, it's hardcore. Term. Negging is this like pickup artist bullshit theory where uh if you want to get a pretty girl to like you you have to oh be a dick tear, yeah yeah that works well i've managed to get it does yeah. i've managed to get laid with that technique <laughs> not intentionally using it but the yeah yeah so there's a paradox um, there unfortunately it does um doesn't mean dilbert has no any he's, business no he it. has no idea that's what he's doing he's just <laughs> he's just being neurotic and uh I honestly don't believe he can afford to be so choosy. Like, no. what if what if she had He's said... He's dated one woman in the last, yeah. like, two decades. And what, okay, so what if this woman, if he had gone through his whole spiel, like, I'm offended by your offer to sub-optimize my Friday experience, and she just went, fuck you then, there's plenty of guys that'll date me. Yeah. Right. And he's just like, oh. I'll go talk to Wally. Yeah. He's and then he's just what? He's sitting there masturbating again on Friday night because he turned down his date. Right. Like, he. Are we to assume he's got other options? Well, he says he doesn't. Yeah. So, so he doesn't. So he's just being a dick for being a dick. He's just being sake. a dick. Yeah. And that's. I've always sort of associated Dilbert with. Um, the underdog, like the unspoken voice when somebody's being manipulated. Like his whole thing is when the boss is being, you know, unrealistic yeah. or whatever. He sort of says like, that's not fair. This is the reality of it. You're asking me to do something like this. Like his whole shtick is to be a voice for all the office drones who can never stand up to their boss. Right. Right, and and in, he's calling out the idiot. But it goes beyond the office, right? Like in mm -hmm. the in the rare situations you see him, like in the supermarket or at home talking to Dogbert, it's a similar thing. Whereas this is just him, like you said, being a dick for being a dick's sake. And it it not only does it seem out of character, but it seems like a poor choice well, given that he has a lack of options. The other thing is is the dinner and a movie date archetype that horrible no no it's not never no like so he's he's making a mountain out of a molehill potentially uh potentially 
like pushing this woman away when really she may be the last woman that ever expresses interest in him. Oh, probably will be. Yeah, he doesn't know. This could be the last woman that ever talks to him. And he's, and he's <laughs> saying like, you know, oh, well, I've got this problem with it and this problem and blah, blah, blah. Now, we've discussed before. Plus, he's wandering around spilling coffee all over the place. Yeah, he's fucked. He's drunk at work again. <laughs> yeah. We've discussed before how he's Scott Adams wasted hates... wasted at work he's... belittling this woman. We've discussed before how Scott Adams hates women. And this he has is... that reputation. Yeah, and this is Scott Adams speaking. This is Scott he's Adams back speaking... from vacation and ready to... Rip. Yeah, no, this is him speaking through Dilbert on his opinions of what date night... Like, uh, the problems with date night, basically. Yeah. Unfortunately... Dilbert is not Scott Adams. Like, Scott Adams, I, I believe he's married, so he doesn't have to worry about picking up tail, right? <laughs> he's He's got it made, and he's successful. He's got a lot of money from the success of Dilbert. Well, no kidding. Yeah, so he he could assume, even if he lost his wife the next day, like, he would be able to find another girlfriend, right? Dilbert does not have that luxury. Dilbert is an office drone. He's never been promoted in the history of the comic. Or maybe he has a few times, but then been quickly demoted again. Like, he doesn't have the same luxury as um, Scott Adams might to be, as you said, Dil- nagging on the office. Dilbert's can't be choosers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. That's, that's the bottom line here. Dilbert's can't be choosers, yet Scott Adams is making him one. And it's unfair. It's like he's playing God with his creations. Yeah. I mean, Dilbert does get his comeuppance, I suppose, in that last panel. No, he doesn't. How? Because he admits that he has no better That's options. That's not getting his comeuppance. That's just her calling him on his bullshit and him yeah. kind of going like, well, yeah. But he didn't. That's the thing. It's unrealistic that he, she wasn't already completely put off by his bad attitude. Yeah, well, I know she might go for a sardonic kind of guy. Mm. If that was the case. <laughs> We'd all be living in paradise. Yeah. All right, we have any other ones we want to touch on this week? Uh, let's see, anything else that struck your fancy? Nothing in particular. Um... we got about, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes before we hit the hour. All right, I, I guess... Just this is just a statement on the fun, uh, the funnies in general. So it's generally the prestige strips mm-hmm. that get the front page, right? right? Okay. The ones that win. I don't, I don't even know if reader polls happen anymore. Maybe, uh, but what, the ones that read that top the reader polls that are assumed to actually like bring in readers and be enjoyed. So the front page in the province. Uh, is zits and get fuzzy okay yeah so i don't know that makes sense now get fuzzy did that start as a web comic i'm not sure i think it either started as a web comic or it was in an independent um like college newspaper or something could have been i believe and this would have been long before it achieved mainstream success anyways go on either way if you were going to choose the sort of prestige strips um you know that the ones that people don't skip over and that they're right. going to read. Yeah. Those are two pretty good choices. They make sense. Maybe you'd put a Pearls Before Swine on there. Uh, you know, possibly a Dilbert. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, good choices. However, 
in the local Times Colonist. What's on the front page there? So the local Times Colonist. Top, first, very first is Tina's Groove. Fine. Whatever. It's not the worst. Um, right underneath that is Between Friends. Fucking sucks. Always sucks. It's never been good. Um, it sucks again this week. It's got... Uh, her sleazy boyfriend and he's saying what's the nutrition label on the pasta sauce telling you she's holding it about a foot away from her face and she says to remember to bring my glasses to the grocery store haha she's old her eyesight is failing right next to that two canadian strips on the front page which sort of makes sense three um because right next to that running vertically is the other coast um then underneath uh between friends we've got pearls before swine Beneath that, we've got Blondie, and then beneath that, we've got Family Circus. So, like, I feel like Tina's Groove Between Friends and The Other Coast are fulfilling the Canadian content. Um, Fair quota. enough. You throw them on just because. Yeah, yeah. Pearls Before. Before Swine, Blondie, and Family Circus, I would consider them all classics in different ways. So it makes sense that they would be first page. I, I don't, don't think you've put Blondie on a front page anymore. No, you don't think it Blondie has Blondie hasn't pull? been front page material since like 1954. I don't know that it's ever been front page material. Uh, it was the most popular strip in America at one time. Speaking of which, I don't get it this week. Did you read it this week? I did. I don't remember so it. It's got, he's on the couch or something he's, eating a sandwich, sitting, I No, no, no. He's sitting there in his lazy boy and uh, Blondie's sitting beside him. Dagwood says... How are things with your shop these days? Now I didn't even know Blondie worked, so this is she has, she has a shop. Oh wait, yeah. she has a bakery. She's a catering or business. Yeah, yeah. So she says busy, and he says not too busy. I hope, and she says I like being busy. And then for the next six panels through the end of the comic, she's just talking, and Dagwood's like reacting extremely melodramatically to whatever she's saying. Like he's wailing on his knees and like clenching his head and his hands. Like he seems quite distraught by what she's telling him, but well, I'll just read what she says. So she says, I like being busy. And then he starts freaking out as she says, Tootsie and I often talk about opening another catering shop on the other side of town. Wouldn't it be fun to have two shops running at once? Obviously, it would double our workload at first, but that would be the fun of it. And, like, in that panel, he's, like, crying with his head in his hands on the edge of the chair. Because he's lazy. And then she says, then the real fun would start when we opened a third and fourth shop. And Dagwood's next to her, like, pounding the ground in anguish. Then she says, but then we laugh about all the time we'd be caught up in work and how silly opening another shop would be. Pretty funny idea, isn't it? And then the last panel from his reaction he's just exhausted like passed out in his chair so what's the joke here like is he bummed that his wife has higher work aspirations <laughs> he can't handle the idea of anybody working hard yeah um, or at least that he can't handle the idea that his wife would work hard but i want to put touch on something else here yeah. <laughs> that man you can tell that comic strips are written by writers because well like as we said with luann as is the case in blondie um also i guess dilbert this week uh other strips it's like loser dudes oh yeah yeah um with like little ambition (laughs) or 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 talent uh with like bombshell wives bombshell ambitious wives yeah well it's it's the uh peter griffin phenomenon yeah right 
Like, I'm sure there are other characters you could use as an example. Oh, um, who's the guy from the Honeymooners? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's classic. It's situations but... that don't exist yeah. in real life. Well, there there are couples of... Uh, well, they do, but... With a difference in attractiveness, but generally speaking... That... A difference in attractiveness, but, like, difference in ambition, not as much. Well... The less attractive one is always allowed to have more ambition and money. Yeah. Right? That's where oops, that's where they make up the difference in attraction, right? Um, I'd like to say it was entirely personality, but realistically... But how often in real life are you going to see a blondie with a Dagwood? You know, Dagwood, a guy who is incredibly... Lazy. He's lazy. Seems to he's barely work at all. No, he's and he's stupid as hell. Like last week's, he just kept losing his new briefcase. Like that was the whole comic. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Where the fuck is my briefcase for like eight panels?" Which probably just has crackers in it. Yeah, anyway. exactly. He's he's a he's um he's a fool. Yes, he's a dunce, a goof. She's out there running her own business. Yeah, she's so. In this comic, is the joke that. The joke is Dagwood's lazy. But why Why does that make... That doesn't make any sense. Is he thinking that because she would expand her business, he would end up working? Yeah. It Never once does she say, and you could help in the shop or anything like that. She doesn't imply that she would need his assistance at all. So he's assuming... I don't know. That the assumption because is she's a he's... woman. <laughs> yes. She need his help. I guess so. Sure, I'll go with that. That's that's a satisfactory explanation as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Makes sense considering the yeah. era of the strip. And yeah, and we don't we don't know when this particular one was written. It's got uh. And makes sense just in the well, sense it's got that husbands and wives help and support it's each got other. Today's and you would assume or... he'd be giving some sort of support if she was opening a new store. Yeah. Whatever. The point Maybe, is, Blondie sucks and shouldn't be on the front page of any. It does. Well, what would you? Supplement. What would you replace it with, though? It's it's slim pickings. What? Well, I mean, you could put a Dilbert on there. Um, I don't know that Dilbert has been front page material for a while. You don't think so? I mean, again, none of this stuff is front page material. <laughs> I think. I think if I. Yeah. Okay. I think if I was doing it, I would be looking more at it. Um, I would be looking more at it for aesthetics sake for like um, layout attraction. So I would try to pick the one that has the so most. Mutts. No, no, never mutts, <laughs> never mutts. Bizarro. Every week when I get the Sunday funnies, I take scissors and I cut mutts out of the paper <laughs> just so that when I'm looking through the funnies, I don't read it. But, but that would be the no, what artistic I'm is, eye-catching strip. I no, it wouldn't. No, okay. it wouldn't. Then what? Bizarro? I don't know. Like, yeah, Bizarro. Bizarro. I like the art in Bizarro. So I would, let's say I would put Bizarro there just for the sake of having some eye-catching art on the front page. And I believe Bizarro is also Canadian, correct? No. No. Well, I, I would so. put a little maple leaf next to it to tell people it's Canadian. <laughs> and it would serve a double purpose. All right. Um, anything else to touch on? I don't think there was anything else in the dailies that was really... Worth noting. No. Uh. Pretty slim pickings. Yeah, even though we've got two days worth of comics, there's like barely anything to touch on. I'm surprised though that... Or no, I guess I'm not, because today's Victoria Day, not Canada Day, right? 
<laughs> it's I always... just not Canada Day. It's what? months away. How do I... you not know what Canada Day is? Because I because I'm not patriotic. I don't give a it's shit. The same day every year. I don't give a shit about Canada, and I don't give a shit about holidays. So I never realize when it's coming up. I don't celebrate it when it happens. So why wouldn't I get the two mixed up? Like, they're two days that I just generally... July 1st is the same day every year. They're two days that I generally consider to be an excuse for yahoos to get drunk and make noise in the street after 10 p.m., which just pisses me off. So it makes no difference which one is which. I know when it's a holiday, it's one of those two, but I just see them both... It's one of the two holidays in the year, too. Well, I just see them both as one of the patriotic holidays that's a excuse for drunken rowdiness. Like, I have... No interest in them, so I don't realize which is which. I can understand not, maybe not knowing the reason, Victoria Day. The reason I mentioned it was I was DC thinking, Day. well, why aren't any of these comics Canada Day themed? But then I realized it's because it's, it's Victoria away. Day. Fuck it. Fuck it, man. They're the same as far as I'm concerned. They serve the same function. It's going to be Boxing Day, and you're wondering why there aren't any Victoria Day comics. 25th of Christmas. 25th of Christmas. What's wrong with me? Oh God! All right, let's call it there. I don't want to. I don't want to talk anymore. All right, that's it for the unfunnies on what can be confirmed as a Monday, Victoria Day. Victoria Day, twenty third of May. Yeah. Uh, find us on SoundCloud slash the Unfunnies on iTunes. Rate and review. Tell your friends. On Reddit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> wherever or you wherever. Know. If you're on in an that, alleyway, wherever you see them. If you're on that dog Facebook. Piss our names onto a fire hydrant. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Bye.